And now, Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. And yeah, welcome once again to the best political podcast in the country. Um, the second most developed country in the region um, for all those that are um, listening. <laughs> Not just the region, in Africa, my friend, in Africa. In Africa, in Africa, the second behind South Africa. Or just behind South Africa, country. we are the second. So, uh, that would, uh, so, so that would mean our podcast is obviously uh, high up there. In, in On the continent, uh, yeah, like there's nothing um, like it. Yeah, making surely. strides, my friend, <laughs> making strides. What's been going on? Yeah. It's actually been a long time since we've uh, been on this mic. Um, it has. Um, our apologies to, ha- the, to our listeners. I know some people have been contacting us and complaining that they are suffering from withdrawal symptoms, which means we're doing a good thing. Yeah. Um, shout out to us. <laughs> and thank you to those who yeah. are listening. Unfortunately, Shah, life has been quite busy the past couple of weeks. So finding... And what are the sanctions? Nandaro Anima Sanctions, you know, being part of uh, paid ZANPF Twitter, um, kuni factionalism, irikuitiko, ufuti, koko. Saka, I had to, <laughs> I had to protect my, my, my interests and sort of sort out those things. But I think I had, the successionists yeah. will not um, overthrow us. <laughs> the succession, the resume change agenda will not be, <laughs> be successful. But, um, what is, uh, yeah, today is the 7th of May. Um, we haven't put out a podcast in about two weeks. Um, and in those two weeks, uh, a lot has happened. Um, a lot of movements, um, a lot of changes, and a lot of the same things. Uh, so it's one of those ironies where the more things change, the more they stay the same, maybe. Quite um, right. Like, What are we going to talk about today? Um, today, we're going to have to, let's look at what's actually been going on. So... There's all these MOUs that were signed in our position and they sort of got together. And yesterday, 6 May, they had their first, I think we can call it their first rally, right? Or they had their first outing. Um, also, among the activists, there was a an MOU of some sort or an civil citizens' movements coming together as well. They, they released a statement. Um, Patson Zamara is in hospital or was i'm not sure if he's been released yet but um he's an activist who was arrested and apparently um kept uh, in chukurubi he was arrested because he missed a court date or something so there's that happening with the activists in the ruling party our president uh, has um said we are the second most developed country on the continent uh this was at the world economic forum and then we have issues of factionalism and more factionalism and more factionalism <laughs> as as per usual our favorite word i think i think um to our listeners if you ever uh, are so desperate and you want to play a drinking game with politics and beyond you should take a shot every time the word factionalism comes up and <laughs> i'm sure you'll be quite i don't i don't know if the, <laughs> i don't know if the, there's enough bottles to go around for that because uh <laughs> We've we've exhausted that one, but it keeps you know it's 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 what's happening in the ruling party. It's just I, I I don't get how they've managed to let this go on for so long, and no one has yeah. actually, and no one has actually you know like done something drastic to end it or taken advantage of yeah. the situation. Yeah. We'll so see. I mean, while while we're on the topic, I know it's a it's a bit backwards. We might as well just. Uh, dive straight into the actual 
um, issues or factionalism, any updates on that and, you know, what's been happening in the ruling party um, so that we don't tease for too long. <laughs> yeah, um, so in the Sunday Mail today, um, it alleges that um, Comrade Kasukwere um, is in a plot with, uh, is collaborating with Julius Malema to topple President Mugabe. So as Julius, a uh, couple of last month, I think it was, said that the people in ZANPF are cowards and he basically called out a whole bunch of people. And this now report says that um, Kasukwere's brother is always in South Africa meeting up with Balema and uh, Kasukwere, when he was um, youth minister of youth, brought Malema to Zim the one time, I think it was 2010 or something like that. And so they're in cahoots to try and top to, to try and topple the government yeah i uh, I, I mean uh, it, it sounds quite ridiculous what, to me personally it sounds it sounds is i thought the sunday who's the editor of the sunday mail i thought it was a serious newspaper Ma- <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to comment on uh, one of our publications uh, because i love my job no but um the, but, the, the, the this it sounds far-fetched i mean Come on. Do you know you know you know what I was actually thinking about when I first heard it and I even tweeted it as much, um, is that you know, this notion of gaslighting is, you know uh, a form of manipulation where you sow so many seeds of doubt in a targeted individual population, um, to make them question their own sanity or to make them question things that they believe themselves. Um, you know, and they used misdirection, denials, contradictions, lying, all in a in an attempt to muddy the truth so much that they don't even know what's real and what's fake anymore. Yeah, but and uh, my putting on my own conspiracy theory, I, I think that there must be someone in the media sphere or in Zanu who is a master, you know, mass, you know, mass media ma- marketer. Or, in other words, a propagandist, because it just seems like gaslighting. It seems like they they keep bringing out every week a different story, every week a different angle, so that we don't even know what's true and what's 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 false anymore. But you see, it's it's clear that there is an agenda against Kasukwere. I mean, you had nine out of ten provinces um, sign petitions to get him removed as political commissar. Uh, then the president sent a special com- uh, committee to go and investigate. Um, investigations are complete. I think there's going to be a Politburo this week where those the report of that investigation, which was led by advocate uh, Jacob Mutenda, um, is going to be tabled and we'll see what happens there. But it's clear, it's, it's clear that somebody wants him out and it's also clear that there is a propaganda war going on and whoever it is is powerful enough to use um, state media to push this propaganda war um whether it happens i i honestly don't think he will be removed as pc um but i could be wrong i say so the only reason i say so is because it's an appointed position and it's appointed by the president though the president has you know said that if the people the will of the people i will follow the will of the people because i serve at their pleasure um you know we all know we 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 all know that it's it's in the in the matrix of power it's a lot different so if 
whoever it is is forcing this ad- agenda can actually sway the president to get him to remove this. It changes the balance of power within ZANPF quite uh, seriously, which is why I don't think that he'll be removed. But we'll definitely um, see what happens. This Malema one, I think it's, yeah, as you said, it's gaslighting. It's just trying to to cause the situation to spiral a lot more. But uh, this one, out of all the other stories, yeah, maybe, this one seems a bit too far-fetched. I mean, who is Malema really in the Zimbabwean context? Malema, yeah, who, who, in what power does he wield in Zimbabwe? Yeah. Malema and what army? That's the thing, like... <laughs> You know, if it was if it was plotting with Zuma or plotting with I don't know, it had to have to be Even Kamba would have been a better. Kamba would have been more understandable. Yeah, because it's just Malema. Like people here, they there's people who like Malema, but there's a lot more people who kind of just you know like like him for the sake of his controversy, but not to say that he has any influence over people. Yeah. I don't know. Um, in 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 the far though, the the position here, Yakasukwere, clearly is important because elections are coming very soon, and now the question is, well, half the party seems to be saying we are performing poorly. Ngadichinje striker. The other half of the party says Ngadichinje striker pagatipe game. We're in the middle of the game because you unbalance the team and you lose. So I think it's really that's. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. You're gonna have to have a, a PC who is, it's, it's ideal to have a PC who is wanted by the people. Um, if, if, if they fail to do that, uh, I don't know, man. We're just going to have to see. But it, I'm sure by the time we get to, um, August or so they'll have sorted out these issues because then it's full frontal. Everything is, is, is campaign everything. Like you can't go to primary elections with such a situation because then you'll have candidates who are imposed or you'll have candidates who the people are not happy with. And then you are likely to have a Boram Sango. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's what, what will likely happen. Um, while we're on, on the ruling party and the president has been at it again in his travels. Um, I think we alluded to it um, at the beginning uh, with his comments at the World Economic Forum that was in Durban. Um, jokes aside, I mean, clearly, you know, for those that don't know, um, President Mugabe said that in his speech, a clip has been going around where he says that Zimbabwe is um, the second most developed country in, in, in Africa behind um, South Africa, and uh, there's not much, you know, debunking that needs there. I mean, you can have all sorts of arguments about what index is used. It's clearly not true. Um, whatever index you want to use, unless maybe you find some obscure, um, you know, index to use. What I was actually wanted to, to, to talk to you about is, do you think that the delegation that went to to Durban could really have, you know, put Zim's interests or put the next 10, 15, 20 years of Zim's interests represented them well. Like, I don't know. Could it seems like you can't send a 93-year-old to where they're talking about the future of Africa and expect us to be represented well. Um, well, he is the head of state, so 
on 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 the fact that he had to go i agree i that's you know that's a given i think it, you we need a uh, we but, need a, we, but not all heads of states go to these meetings that's true that's true but you know he's he's what's the point of having a finance ministry if you're going to go to every single event no 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 i i i i completely understand but uh, what i'm saying is that he's uh, you know he likes such events but you know that's that's a debate on his travel and and you know that sort of thing Something but I, I i i think i think you need you definitely need to have government officials there because they are the ones who create policy and put policy forward but you also need to have at such a space um people young enough to are young enough and also um people who to pass the baton on to so to speak so you need you need young people there to articulate what it is their aspirations are and what it is they how they envision the future because you can't have somebody who is on you know not going to be around in 2063 um planning for 2063 uh they can definitely set some foundation and um you know that aspect of it but they can't they won't be there to make sure that in 2063 it actually happens so you need people who are going to be part of part of the team you need people who are going to be there at the beginning and you need people who are going to be there at the end whenever these plans uh come to fruition our team um comprised uh, mainly of government officials i think we had like five ministers there Finance yeah there minister, were we had um minister chinamasa minister b mike of industry Obit Minister Mpofu, Obit Mpofu of uh, Economic Planning and Foreign Affairs Minister Simbambengegui. So, I don't know, and the head of state. Look, I don't have a problem with the ministers going to, I mean, obviously, you know, for anyone that's been to a conference, um, I mean, I haven't been to one of this magnitude, but, you know, most conferences, the meetings around, not necessarily in the conference are the important. So I, I see value in a mines minister going to the World Economic Forum, even if he's not even speaking or anything, because the people you get to meet and mingle with. I just, um, and that's the point, I mean, obviously the point has been made and we can move on after this. I just feel that it's it's getting worrying when, when we keep thinking that, you know, uh, someone, our president will be able to speak to our desires, our needs and our future. Yeah, no, um, I, 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 in that regard, I understand um, where you're coming from, uh, being the person of our president. But I don't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with it. But in our context, there, there's a lot left to be desired. There were also a couple of other people that were there. Um, Jonas Mushosho, who is um, head of emerging markets at Old Mutual. Uh, Farai Gundan was there. Um, Vimbaika Jesse was also there, so th- there were some young people as well. It's just with Zimbabwe, um, one of the major issues seems to be around policy, and the, you know that's that's what's holding us back. If we look at the, um, let me see if I can just pull it up quickly. It was the ah, where is it? Okay, I can't seem to find it, but with in terms of in terms of Zim, what's what's what we are struggling with 
is is policy and policy is led by the government and government is led by the head of state and government so our incons- <laughs> our inconsistencies are to deal with um what's happening in our leadership and that's where there needs to be a fix um that's fair enough i guess we can you know talk about those that would be our leaders and um in the opposition yesterday on uh, on what is it, on the 6th of of may um it seems as if a lot of the opposition leaders a lot of the opposition parties um that people would say are serious um or are more than just a, a name on a on a on a on a letterhead um address joint rallies uh, you had quite quite popular personalities your changrais was there um dr mjoo joyce um was there the leader of transform zimbabwe was there um who i'm forgetting his name alton mungom of new democrats of zimbabwe tendebiti of pdp um and so on and so forth <laughs> um yeah they had uh, they addressed the a women's forum meeting that was organized by i assume women within their parties because if you have the look the crowd is quite mixed uh, different political parties t-shirts and everything like that and then they went on to address a rally um that was organized by the youth um amongst the different parties as well um so yeah it seems as if there is some movement towards uh, a formal um coalition over and above the MOUs that were signed with um between um Dr. Mujuru and uh the MDC um Dr. Mujuru's NPP and the MDC and um Walter Mugabe's MDC and um Morgan Tsvangirai's MDC so it seems that the the idea of a coalition the working relationship of a coalition as well and truly finally taken root and i don't see how people can now walk back these meetings walk back these events walk back moving and being seen in the public and say we don't want to be in a coalition anymore so here's my thing uh, coalition yeah it's something that you know has been called for and it's good to see the hand holding and them going to events and them speaking and as i've always said a strong opposition leads to a much better um, democracy my question uh, now uh, on this coalition is what is its strategy first and foremost and also is it going to be structured as one party so political parties put out manifestos they put out you know the objectives and how they intend to to um govern do they all agree on those issues because you know it can be great we're all hand holding and rallying and they win the election and then straight after it's factionalism within this coalition because we are not agreed on policy issues we're not agreed on you know all these sort of things like that's what i'm interested in finding out now is how do you um how do they reconcile their different positions and ideologies and and thinking i think i think um as far as i can tell um from you know my conversations with 
a, a number of different people um, who are somewhat well-versed in these, in these areas is that right now it seems it's an election pact. It's an election coalition. It's a coalition for the election. It doesn't necessarily mean that they will govern together. And what that means is that if, uh, for example, you have these different parties, they get into parliament, but the president has still got the prerogative to pick um, to pick his ministers and everything like that. So if they do support one presidential candidate, um, which I think is likely, they'll will bilaterally try and uh, argue for positions and argue for things that they want with him. If he goes on to win, he has his prerogative, whether he's going to keep those promises to the individuals in in the um, in the coalition in terms of the other party presidents, or whether he's going to pick um, a cabinet from his own um, parliament, from his own party. And what will happen is if they don't have a majority in parliament, if he decides to go it alone, and pick a cabinet that is not inclusive, then he will have a very tough time governing if he doesn't have uh, parliament. Um, and, you know, I mean, Zim, obviously, we've seen it's a bit unique with Mugabe because um, he he does almost sort of rule by executive order, if you were to say that. But we, we're yet to see a situation where someone wouldn't have the same hold on power and on the institutions, with the institutions operating independently. Um so I, I think that's that's why that's where I see this going right now. It might change, but I don't see it being a decision. Yeguti, we're now becoming one party. I think it's a election uh, agreement. It's an election coalition. After that, after the election is either won um, or lost, then they will have to renegotiate what is happening after that. So, so what happens with? Okay, the presidential election. I can I get you have one candidate running for president. What then happens at the parliamentary level and and senate and that sort of thing because i think that's, because because yeah. if if the argument is don't split the vote at um presidential level is not the same argument if you have you know the parties now are fielding pdp fields mdct fields um npp fields NPF fields at parliamentary level as well i am um, i agree and Here's what what um, becomes the question is that do you do you have internal um, do you have internal um, primaries which will likely be very divided and very divisive um, if there's a, if the if they decide to go through a primary process I doubt the coalition will survive um, or do you close each other in a room and allocate seats. And then you're obviously going to have one or two or three or four, you know, rebels that decide to run as independents or decide to run um, under their party banner in, in against the wishes of the party. But you somehow have uh, a way um, of making it work because the, the major problem is that people vote down a ballot. If you're going to vote for Sangre as president, you're likely going to vote for your MDC, T, um, a member of parliament and and so on and so forth. So it'll be a hard sell um, to try and split the ballot that way. Lots of education, but I, I don't see I don't see it not working. I think there's enough time to come to a, a, a solution. 
Yeah, I mean, people do vote down the ballot, but at the same time, you can then get to the ballot and there is no MDCT name. And there's the NPP name. And, you know, it's uh, somebody who left ZANU who you don't want to vote for. Um, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I do hope, I do hope they are open, uh, for lack of a better term, um, or engaging. There seems to be a lot of, uh, secrecy when it comes to, issues of the opposition and and rightly so i i can understand you know you don't want to put your cards out on the table lay your cards bare on the table but they i think they should be in in the interest of transparency 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 and the interest of <laughs> and the interest of <laughs> and the interest of engaging um zimbabweans or speaking to Zimbabweans and understanding what it is that the needs of the Zimbabweans are, I do hope that they are a lot more engaging. It's like the issue with the MOUs, I bring this up because the MOUs, there have been no details of what is contained in the MOUs that have that I've come across. And I, as if I'm not mistaken, they are not going to, until you know they want to, are not going to release. I think a number of people have asked and they haven't been, you know, privy to what actually is 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 in that but you know I, I think there's a lot of zimbabweans who are on the fence who are looking for something to you know for a side you to see. go to so I, I i hope that they are a lot more engaging not necessarily saying guys this is our strategy here's an open book but just you know communicating with people do you know you know what i think and i hope happens and I, I appreciate people want more details people want a lot of these things right but i i tend to find in the, in the few elections that i've actually been in zim and um including uh you know 2008 um which was a different situation where it was very very hopeful and i was 18 so i maybe i'm i'm you know have rose tinted glasses about this but it seemed as from the political side of things as if, um, and I was also well embedded in the MDC at the time, so I might have been only seeing what was happening with the MDC. But as it was leading up to the election, um, momentum for the party rose, as in more and more people were coming more out, more and more people were wearing their, their T-shirts. There was a, a sort of roll, slow roll momentum that was building up towards the the election and i think the only way a coalition is going to be successful is if they start building that momentum like a train picking people up along the way and all these concerns are, are true but eventually the more they are out the more they're holding hands the more they're talking the more they're in the media the more people who are going to say oh yes that's fine so um yeah it, it's 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 an interesting thing to see if they can successfully keep that momentum and not be derailed by factionalism yeah no um I I I do um believe that you know we are actually a, more than a year out before the election and it's weird it, it's it shouldn't be normal that you know this is the one thing we are actually talking about but um a whole year out but it it will it, as I suppose as we get closer to the elections then we'll get a lot more information about what's happening yeah and that sort of thing and you know it is still very young and um 
still people um, trying to figure each other out. But uh, yeah, speaking of speaking of MOUs, um, the opposition, the uh, opposition. If I had called them opposition activists, I think I would be getting a few inboxes. Um, Wait, are they not opposition activists? <laughs> Uh, but if they oppose the opposition at some point in time, they they also um, they're not. No, I mean let's not be unfair to them. They're not opposition activists. Yeah, no, they're, I, I, they're I, citizens. I... They're citizens activists. They're citizens movements. They sit. They they're there to voice concerns and not to oppose, but to build. Um, eh, I should become their spokesperson. T- tongue in cheek. That was tongue. <laughs> my my comment was tongue in cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they they they, um, they they came together as well. Yeah, so this is um this flag, Tajamuka, um Zimbabwe Yadzoka, she votes, um the Vendors Association of Zimbabwe and um et al. Um, also came together to to sign a member memorandum of understanding. Um to have a press conference because that's what we do in Zim. We do press conferences. The people must know. How else can you speak to the people if not through a press conference? Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's 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 necessary. Did you tune in? It was live on Facebook. I didn't tune in though. I um I watched some of it. Um, I watched the Harare one um, with Pastor Evan speaking and. Um, promise um, who we hope to have on the show soon among, um, answering the questions and they were they were speaking on how it is an understanding of uh, collective action of moving together and collectivizing their efforts um, in the in the lead up to the election so no longer will uh, this gown host a, 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 a march a demonstration and this flag not be aware of it um, I think it was also a call for 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 collective action from the people, um, and also they were at pains uh, to to clarify that this is not the formation of a political party. Um, the that's uh, Pastor Pastor Evan was quite clear about that. It's not a it's not a political party. It's not a political movement. It's still a <laughs> a citizens' movement. Um, although. The semantics, in my opinion, are just quite confusing. My, my, yeah. So again, my question to everyone, I suppose, and them <laughs> specifically, is to what end? So, what are you hoping to achieve um, come twenty eighteen election? Yeah, if we're building up to the twenty eighteen election, what are you hoping to achieve when you get there? Um, is it it's it it's no longer just a citizens movement to put pressure on the government to act right because you know there is this election that people are focused on and she votes for example is you know campaigning to get people registered and that sort of thing um i know other citizens movements have up work as pressure groups or intend to work as pressure groups i don't know how, how much our gov- government is responsive to pressure but um in a manner in which they would want but to what end what are they looking to get out of the 2018 election um uh how are they engaging the political players with whatever it is that they 
want? What are they? What is? What are the objectives and what is the strategy? I think um, there. From what I heard from from the, from the conversation, unfortunately, I don't have a, a a transcript of it in front of me. Um, but generally, it's 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 uh, you know the citizens' movement is to 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 for better governance, um, for better service delivery, um, and and this will apply before and after the elections. I think uh, the election focus is is in in understanding that there needs to be a change, which Pastor Evan didn't say. Um, so anyone who's ever used to criticize him and, and say that you um, you we we don't have uh, the pastor saying um, the government needs to change, he has said that um, he said there needs to be a change. So I think it's also in governance and and holding people accountable in terms of strategies. I wouldn't know. I think they have shown we can only assume how they're doing it in terms of the Facebook lives, the media, and. And as and 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 so on, but I, I I don't know I can't I don't know about an, a, 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 some grand strategy to agitate and change things for the for the coming election or campaign with the opposition. I I, I don't know. You know what I wish I wish I, I wish I could travel the country and sort of take stock of the political mood of citizens all over. Um, it's 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 very easy to get wrapped up in this web of or yeah this web and this notion that what's happening in Harare is the mood everywhere else so i i really would like just to get a sense of what people are thinking um in different parts of the country i know there's 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 places where the real politics is is happening between two ZANPF MP candidates who are really vying for uh, the primary seat or whatever it is, and, and that's just in that particular ward or that particular constituency. That's what people are concerned about. Other places, it could be, you know, any other things. It could be what's happening with the MDC. It could be what's happening with, you know, there might even be other citizens' movements out there that don't get a lot of, media attention because a lot of these things happen on social media and then they make it to mainstream media from there so i don't know i don't know how i'd go about it but it would be interesting to see if we could capture just a general picture of what's happening in different parts of the country or in all 10 provinces or whatever it is yeah i guess um i guess the the only people that um have really done something like that is Afrobarometer. Um, and I think they have uh, a number of interesting findings and um, which I haven't, I haven't, I didn't prepare. I haven't really had, uh, had a look at it. Um, all I knew was about the, the political, so the economic questions and, you know, where only, only 43%, um, or maybe not only 43%, I don't have context to compare it to, but 43% of Zimbabwe's describe the, the economic um, conditions as very bad or fairly bad. Um, what's interesting is, um, this is according to Afrobarometer, um, that 79% of Zimbabweans prefer democracy to any other kind 
of 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 government. So there's at least twenty one percent of Zimbabweans who don't prefer democracy. <laughs> yeah, I might um, I might be one of them. <laughs> pardon? I said I might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you prefer your strong men and uh, totalitarians. Uh, I, you know, you know for a fact that I'm not for for strong men politics but and yeah, totalitarianism. I, um, but I'm just joking. So yeah, I don't know. The the so they they release a press statement um on the third of May actually. So they do have um this is also through Mass Public Opinion Institute Mpo, um and Afrobarometer and some of the things I'm just having a look here and I think if anyone um is interested in having a full look at these statistics. Um, they're the only ones which are semi... Um, I mean, a lot of people have put up uh, problems with the methodology of, of, of um, Afrobarometer and their, their local partner organizations, their methodology, their sample sizes, and the statistical analysis they get there. But that's another argument completely. Um, but, yeah, afrobarometer.org will show you, you could see um, 88% of Zimbabweans say the government is doing poorly. Um, in terms of creating jobs, only nine percent think that the government is doing well on that aspect. I don't know which nine percent of Zimbabweans think the government is doing well. Um, Civil servants. Oh, fair enough. Um, so shout out to my civil servant homes. <laughs> so eighty-six percent of the rural areas think the government is doing badly, but ninety-three percent of urban areas think the government is doing badly. It's quite interesting, so, actually. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at uh, this uh, Afrobarometer um, survey to see what's actually happening there. Um, another one I found out, I found recently, or is the Africa Competitiveness Report that was on the World Economic Forum um, that the World Economic Forum did, and one of the most problematic factors for doing business, and this is something we stated on this podcast time and time again is actually um policy in policy instability so they rated out of 28 and policy instability is at 24.6 access to financing 14.5 um so that's about half of the problems uh corruption is third inefficient government bureaucracy is fourth inadequate supply of infrastructure restrictive labor regulations tax rates foreign currency regulations uh, regulations and government instability are some of the other ones, but um, you know we've we've spoken about policy instability. We've spoken about how we just have a government that doesn't speak with one voice, and it happens time and time again. Um, they actually call each other out in public these days. <laughs> There's no shy, you know. It's it's doggy dog. Whoever wants to say something can come out and say it we we can't we can't move forward in such a in such a, a situation we can't in such a in such a statement um yeah no no it's it's the sentiment is 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 crazy you know um, for me for me of, for me it would be it would be different if yes you have bad policies but you're all behind your bad policies you know everyone is clear that yeah okay you know what but we all support it but when you have actual cabinet ministers calling each other out in public spaces i really wonder then yeah. what happens behind closed doors like there seems to be or how 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 do you function behind closed doors because you get into the meeting 
and clearly there's beef between Minister X and Minister Y. So they are not going to be if if one ministry needs the support of the other ministry, then clearly that's not going to happen because there's you know this beef and this is where it starts is that you don't have a unified government and it, it it's not going to work and so yeah I, I i do hope that something gives and you know someone um, can bring some sort of unity to the government yeah of course um and the only person that can do it is is the president himself um i know we were talking about economic things uh you know unless i'm accused of being partisan beyond belief um uh, we must acknowledge that um, a couple of crazy things were said this week. We've already spoken about the president saying that um, Zimbabwe is the second most developed country in Africa. Um, we also uh, need to, before we're, we're told that we ignore people's things, uh, that um, Tapio Mashakada, who's the shadow minister of finance for the MDC um, and a member of parliament for, uh, what is it, is it Hatfield? What's it? Yeah. Is it, yeah, um, said that in the first hundred days of the MDC being in power, uh, they would cr- create a hundred billion dollar economy. Um, <laughs> which, uh, I don't know if he knows what a hundred billion dollars is. Um, I, I don't know. Um, he's probably stuck in, in 2008, man. He's thinking same dollars. There's a hundred billion dollars. A hundred billion dollars. So I mean, look, I, I, I would in three like months. To, to so so I don't I don't dispute the fact that Zimbabwe can become a hundred billion dollar economy. South Africa is what three hundred billion, but in three months, <laughs> we go from a fourteen billion dollar economy right now currently to a hundred billion dollars. That is. I I I I mean, look. Uh, while I'm on it, I might let's let me just give you. I think that the opposition responses rebuttals because I'm on a number of other, you know, groups and I have conversations with people. The argument is that, uh, and I suppose it's true. He didn't say that the economy would be valued at a hundred billion dollars. Uh, he said that he would create somehow get a hundred billion dollars for the economy. Um, Even then, in three months, who's giving? No, sorry. Euro bonds in deep capital markets, um, which to me sounds uh, jargonistic at best, but I mean he does have a a doctorate. (laughs) No, but Henry, listen. Who is giving a new government, right, that has only been in power for three months, a hundred billion dollars? I don't dispute that a new government has the potential to turn Zimbabwe around. But if I am an investor, uh, I first want to see how you function before I am putting, <laughs> before I'm giving you a hundred billion dollars. Whether you yeah, know, no. it's 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 not to say that there is that you know the opposition doesn't have the capacity. It's just the time frame that I think is you know um, very questionable and very aspirational. But I think you know you have to. It's don't throw around statements. People have thrown around 2.2 million jobs, and it comes to bite you in the ass. So you know, we then say 100 billion dollar economy, and for the first year, no one wants to touch Zimbabwe because everyone's trying to see how you handle the position you're in. And now everyone is complaining because everyone wants a share of their 100 billion dollars. 
Yeah, so I mean yeah, that's 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 basically basically how how what he did say. Um, you know, in the same week, you know, our main source of forex in the country um was bashed and tear gassed by the police. Ah, you know what? <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this week was actually quite wild. Um so yeah, the farmers that um Tobacco farmers who were at uh, TSF um, wanted their money. So the RBZ at the start of the farming season had said that farmers would be able to withdraw $1,000 in cash and then they would get the rest deposited into their bank accounts. Um, then it went down to 500 Then it went down to 300 Then it went down to 100 Because banks Nothing. don't have cash. So it was. The RBZ doesn't have cash. Yeah, RBZ doesn't have cash because all the all the bond notes are in full circulation and they are wrapped up in 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 the informal sector now. So RBZ doesn't have cash. Um, banks don't have cash. So the farmers couldn't get their cash, and then there was um, you know protests and stuff at at TSF. Um, which is one of and, the auction and, floors. And so then they had to... Um, the police were brought in because it was getting quite quite hostile. They, um, people need to understand, and I don't know how we can stress it, is that Zim has a currency shortage because we, we, we don't have productive capacity. We have no one buying our goods, um, so we don't have access to foreign currency. One of our main areas, one of the main ways we get foreign currency, if not the biggest foreign currency draw in, in the country, is tobacco. Um, the government uh, buys tobacco from the farmers at a set price. They pay the farmers and then they go and sell that tobacco. The government has bought tobacco and not given these farmers cash, or some of them, not given some of them cash, is predictably go, you know, going to be paid for this. And you know, where is that foreign currency going to go to other things, of course. But essentially what it seems like to me is that they take your tobacco, they sell it to a foreigner, they get paid in real dollars, they put a bunch of zeros through an RTGS system in your accounts. That actual hard currency is either, you know, used for in emergency payments or somehow filtered through the elite and the the market never really sees it and um it's like the biggest ponzi scheme in the country is not yamagai or it's not the mmms of your world it's not world ventures it's it's the government it's the rbz <laughs> how are you going to say magai is a ponzi scheme shame on you you're going to get have you not seen you, magai as hey, ponzi scheme hey, we, we, you're, you're going to get ponzi scheme <laughs> You're going to get people not listening to. You're going to get protesters in our in in our studio here because his people will say that you are some don't speak ill of the prophet. But yeah, no, it's 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 a very serious situation that's happening with the farmers, and I, I really don't know what the RBZ is going to do. I I have no clue, and what voodoo economics are going to happen? Uh, whether they're going to print more bond notes, probably that's what they're going to do. Um, but I, I really don't know. Or maybe they're going to borrow. Traffic Guru gave us a billion dollars to clear our debts, so I don't know. Is that true? Because I've read reports that Traffic Guru has refused that they had anything to do with that. I, I, well, I don't know. As the, that's the last thing I heard. I'll have to look it up, and then and then we can probably yeah, talk, I've about, heard that, um, talk about there's it. There's an the official statement I saw where Traffic Guru says they have nothing to do with... Um, I don't know. Let's see if we can pull it up. 
quickly um, on the thing. Um, but yeah, so in, anyway, in, we, in, in um, other words, basically is, what needs to happen is Mang- Mangujia needs to resign. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see about that, eh? Yeah, there's a Voice of America article um, that says uh, there's a statement that says they don't they don't have anything to do with it. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, uh, we'll then just have to see what happens. Um, we we really will just have to wait and see. Unfortunately, that's you know, I, I yeah maybe Mangujka will have to resign if I don't know. Zimbabwe is just. <laughs> um, yeah. In other wacky statements, I suppose it's not wacky, but um, Tokozani uh, Kupe had a slip of the tongue. Uh, she was. A, I don't know who she was. A slip a, of the brain. A, sli- a slip of the brain. I don't know who she was addressing. Um, but she was speaking, and she says, um, "Zimbabwe, you know, we're in the quote that everyone will quote onto was that I I am in politics to make money." But the context of what she was saying was, you know, we everyone wants to make money. Nobody wants to be poor. So we all go into different things to make money. And we are in politics to make Zimbabwe better in order for us to make money. That's what to I make under- money. Yeah, that's what I understood it. So we're in politics to make Zimbabwe better so that we can all be wealthier. That's the context of what I understood she was saying. But she did... The soundbite will say, I am in politics to make money. And that's a huge gaffe. You don't say things like that because those words, they are your words and they will be used against you. And people always say, ah, but the context, but the context. But if I go Kurali and I just play that one clip and, you know, thousands of people are there saying, ah, these people, they just want to get into power to make money for themselves. That's what it then comes across as. So... A uh, word to our politicians and uh, anyone really in in public uh, space. <laughs> keep your keep keep your keep your be very mind your p's and q's. Yeah, um, <laughs> dot your t's what, and cross what, your eyes. What then? What then is while we're speaking of uh, of, of political gaffes that um, I initially thought the article where is it Sarah Mauga who said that the Baitbridge. Uh, Harare Road is only going to be built by Zanopiaf activists. Ah, that one I missed. The one I saw, that one I missed. Um, I'll have to check. But the one I saw was the one that said it's going to create 330,000 jobs. Yeah. That's, you see, those are, those are, those are more numbers. Those are hundred billion dollar economy numbers. Those are 2.2 million dollar job numbers. I don't know why people are obsessed with giving figures. Just don't. Just say this road is going to create jobs by giving a number. And then it, it after you've done that, they then start to qualify and say, no, not jobs specifically on making the road. But the person, road is also part of the jobs that were created. This is how it's yeah. going to be explained. I can guarantee it, you know. Just don't give us numbers. Yeah. It's fine. So we don't it need was them. her. It was in in that same. You're right. It was in that same um, that same interview. Um, Shuai Maofa, who's um, the provincial affairs minister of Mashingo and everything, said that um, recruitment of general laborers should be done through local ZANU-PF leadership. We need to screen and take our people only. Maofa said district chairperson should have a list of party cadres so that when the program starts, you're ready with the names of our youths. 
So, is that this project is going to be at its peak at the end of the year through 2008. You're going to have a bunch of Zanopia youths employed on this project. And they're going to vote. Uh, because they have jobs. They're going to vote. Either they, I, I mean, I don't mind them voting for Zanopia. People have a, have, a, have a right and a duty to vote for, 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 for who they want to. Uh, what I'm afraid of is that they they are organized in such a manner that they make uh, natural, you know, in, in natural in areas of intimidation in terms of the way they're already organized, the way they're already going to be paid, the way they already be, will be drinking together, assumedly. If you if you know anything, if you've ever been to Kamogara Kumushao, will come and I think it will make it very difficult for any opposition candidates to find traction if you have roves of, of UTs. Um, that's my actual fear. I don't mind who they vote for, but I'm actually afraid that they'll be used for intimidation and um, the money for the road is going to be a payment for things that they might regret later in their lives. I, I hope there's um, <laughs> someone who can... I don't know if court applications can be brought or whatever it is. Such statements are not in national interest and they shouldn't be made and such situations shouldn't take place. But it's, you know, perhaps also my naivety um, that is talking. But we need so we need to root out such things and they need to be called out. And I do hope that in the next, whenever Parliament starts to sit again, such things can be investigated, even if it is just to have it on record that you know this is we are against such you know statements and such and such things um i don't know how you'd organize it but it, we need to on issues of national development it needs to move away from being um a specific party or whatever it is I, we need to force the agenda to be a national agenda you are a zimbabwean first before you are a ZANPF member or an MDC member or a activist or whatever it is, you are a Zimbabwean first and we need to put the interests of the Zimbabweans ahead of everything else because that's the only way that we will get this country moving towards somewhere where we can all be proud of it regardless of our of our differences. I mean, you can be a Dynamo supporter and there's a Highlander supporter but at the end of the day you all want football in this country to be better than what it is today. So it should work in all forms of life is that your um, differences aside, you all have a shared interest that you want to advance and that you want to see come through. And this is a message that I think every Zimbabwean should um, take to their politicians and the people that represent them and reinforce that the, the the interest of the country and the interest of Zimbabweans should always come first ahead of everything else. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't say it better myself. Um, so I think that might actually be a perfect place to, um, to end this week's podcast. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone really took that to heart. Um, you guys should be like us, you know, Chris is an, a United fan and I'm an Arsenal fan. And, um, <laughs> and we're playing today. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 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 the worst of his qualities thanks the lord um <laughs> but um but yeah, the worst of my qualities is that i support a winning team shame on you uh, 
We won an FA Cup last year, but this is not a Bora podcast. It's not a Bora podcast. If you want to listen to Bora podcast, you should listen to Mike Set Match, which is also on um, the Capital 263 um, podcast network. Um, you can find them on our website. And also, if you just Google um, Capital 263, all these podcasts will come up for you. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back um, every week um, from now onwards um, until, you know, until the world ends, um, if Trump has his way or <laughs> um, uh, until the election. And we're going to have a few guests coming up. If you have any guest suggestions, Please let us know. And a uh, uh, big shout out to everyone on the group um, who participates and has conversations on the group. Um, very diverse opinions. And I'm, I'm learning a lot from um, from you guys. And yeah. You know, I also think like if, if there are people who would want to join us, because I think, you know, it's, it's always good to get different perspectives um, from people, uh, not just pol- politicians and that sort of thing. So based on the group there's some you know views that i would never have thought of so if you're interested do get in touch and then we can see what we can do um you can find our facebook page uh politics and beyond you can find us on twitter at beyond polys at w uh my twitter handle is at chris charamba actually at chris charamba on all social media so you can find me there and yeah um at henry meaty on all social media and yeah thanks for listening guy Guys um, and gals, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, this is Capital 263. Uh, free to say it. Free to do it. Bye. And now. And now. Capital 263.